Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, August 9th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's been a record-setting week for gold. Not in dollar terms, although it hasn't been too shabby there either. But the yellow metal hit record highs in a number of currencies this week. During a recent interview on Fox Business, Peter Schiff said that the trade is to get out of the dollar and to look at gold. As if to prove him right, gold shot up about 1.5% Monday in dollar terms, hitting a six-year high. The yellow metal pushed over 1469 before some profit-taking stalled the rally. But it was the price in other currencies where the yellow metal really shone. Gold hit all-time record highs in the British pound, the Japanese yen, the Indian rupee, the Canadian dollar, the Australian dollar, and the South African rand. The price of gold also saw big jumps in several other currencies. The yellow metal was up 3.5% in China, and it rallied about 1.2% in euros. This was all part of the aftershocks from Trump's announcement last week that the U.S. plans to levy a 10% tariff on the remaining $300 billion of goods and products coming out of China into the United States, beginning on September 1st. As Peter put it, Trump trumped the Fed with the announcement. The more I think about it, the more I believe this was a calculated move by the president. He wants the Fed to keep cutting rates. The Fed hinted that it wasn't prepared to move into an extended cutting cycle, so the president forced the central bank's hand. If nothing else, this was very shrewd politics, and it certainly worked, as we've seen with the price of gold and the stock market tanking. But I agree with Peter on this. Trump didn't need this insurance policy. Despite the rhetoric coming out of the Eccles building, the Fed was going to cut some more regardless. The economy is a mess right now, despite what the central bankers, the talking heads, and the president keeps telling you. I talked about the GDP numbers last week. Almost the entirety of America's economic growth is being driven by debt. Consumers are using their credit cards to buy stuff, and the federal government is using its credit card to buy stuff. That's not sustainable. So this is really about economic fundamentals, as I've been saying for months. It's about a weakening economy and a central bank that has to cut rates because it needs to keep the borrowing going for as long as it can. The president knows this. That's why he keeps pestering the Fed. He was at it again this week. He tweeted this jewel. The Fed's high interest rate level in comparison to other countries is keeping the dollar high, making it more difficult for our great manufacturers like Caterpillar, Boeing, John Deere, our car companies, and others to compete on a level playing field. This is laughable on a couple of levels. In the first place, 2% is not a high level of interest. I mean, I guess it is compared to some countries, but in the big scheme of things, 2% isn't even near normal. It's an interesting exercise to go back and look at historical data on the Fed funds rate. I'll link to a website that actually chronicles it going all the way back to 1970. But just one example, in 2000, just before the dot-com bubble popped, the interest rate was at 6.5%. And Trump is complaining about these super high 2% rates? It's pretty absurd. The other amusing thing is that Trump was basically telling the Fed to weaken the dollar a couple of days after the U.S. labeled China a currency manipulator for weakening the yen. Pot, meat kettle. So anyway, back to gold. The big rally on Monday was just the beginning. The yellow metal pushed above $1,500 briefly in overnight trading heading into Tuesday before falling back to around $1,460. That set the stage for another big day on Wednesday when gold moved above $1,500 and held. 
Meanwhile, silver joined the party, charting its biggest single-day gain in nearly three years. The white metal surged 73 cents on the day for a 4.4% gain and closed above the key $17 level for the first time since January 2018. Silver has gained about 9.3% on the year. Either last week or the week before that, I talked about the significance of silver joining this rally. Silver has historically outperformed gold in a gold bull market. The white metal began to play catch up with gold in mid-July. After pushing close to a 93 to 1 silver-gold ratio, it began to close as silver rallied. It's now just over 88 to 1. Of course, that's still really high. Keep in mind, the ratio in modern times has been closer to 40 to 50 to 1. That means that silver is still significantly undervalued when compared to gold. Wednesday's big rally was driven by more trade war fears, but there was also a lot of central bank easing going on. You know, it's not just the Fed cutting rates. We have a global easy money movement going on. New Zealand's central bank cut interest rates by 50 basis points to 1.50%. According to a Reuters report, the move caught markets off guard. As a result, the Kiwi plunged as much as 2.1% against the dollar. The Reserve Bank of India dropped rates for the fourth straight meeting, and Thailand's central bank also initiated a surprise rate cut. Meanwhile, in the U.S., Chicago Fed President Charles Evans hinted at more Fed rate cuts. He said, quote, You could take the view, as I have, that inflation alone would call for more accommodation than we put in place with just our last meeting. You might take the view that things have perhaps created more headwinds against that, and it would be reasonable to do more. Bet your butt the Fed is going to do more. Like Peter has said, Fed Chair Jerome Powell wasn't wrong when he said that this was not the beginning of a long easing cycle. That's because it's not going to take long to get to zero. All of this easy money is already having a major impact on the global bond market. Negative yielding debt has exceeded $15 trillion globally for the first time ever. This pile of negatively yielding paper includes government and corporate bonds, along with some euro junk bonds. You know, at one time, negative yields were considered economic lunacy. In this day and age, eh, it's the new normal. In Germany, there are no longer any bonds trading with a positive yield. The German 30-year yield for bonds due in 2048, that's the longest term available, went negative briefly last Friday for the first time and then sank solidly into negative on Monday and Tuesday. The Swiss 30-year bond has been negative since mid-2016. Meanwhile, there are now 12 countries that have 10-year bonds with negative yields. We're also seeing a precipitous rise in negatively yielding corporate debt. According to Bloomberg, as of last month, it comprised nearly a quarter of the investment-grade market. Quote, And as companies take advantage of low interest rates to borrow more, issuance has helped drive junk bonds outstanding to more than $1.23 trillion, more than double the level a decade ago. Here's the $64,000 question. Why are people pouring money into negative yielding bonds? At some point, they're going to figure out losing money over time isn't the best investment strategy. Maybe at that point, they'll turn to gold and silver. Peter Gundlach is known as the Bond King, but right now he's bullish on gold. He did an interview with Yahoo Finance this week, and he said, quote, At this point, I think the way to think about it is as long as the volume of negative interest rate bonds outstanding increases, it's quite likely that gold moves higher in a similar vein. If you look back in history, Gundlach is probably right. The World Gold Council pointed this out recently. There's been a direct correlation between the volume of negative yielding bonds in the world and the dollar price of gold. They moved pretty much in sync. 
Gunlock said something else I thought was pretty interesting. He said the global stock market hit its peak in January 2018. He pointed out that while some indices did breach records again, not all of them did. The New York Stock Exchange composite never did, nor did the Dow Transports. Gundlach said, but then, one by one, the global stock market started to slide during the middle of 2018. And finally, on October 3rd, basically every index in the United States hit a peak, or had previously hit a peak, and then moved down sharply into December 26th of last year. And I talked about that as being the start of a bear market. End quote. This is exactly what Peter has been saying. And while we've seen rallies in the S&P 500 and the Dow since the Fed went dovish, Peter has been calling this a long bear market rally. It's interesting to hear this coming from somebody talking out there in the mainstream on a platform like Yahoo Finance. A couple of other tidbits of gold news I want to hit. The World Gold Council released its Q2 gold demand report this week. Demand was up a healthy 8% driven primarily by central bank buying, inflows of metal into ETFs, and strong demand for gold jewelry. I'll link to that report on the show notes page. Also, gold holdings in gold-backed ETFs globally surged to the highest level in over six years in July. I'll link to that report as well. So it's been a big week for both gold and silver. As Peter put it in a recent podcast, we have all of the elements in place for a gold bull market. He thinks we're really just at the beginning. Both metals have a lot of upside, given the current economic dynamics. You know, we're seeing the price go up like this now. Imagine what's going to happen when the mainstream figures out we're heading into a recession and people realize that the Fed really is going to keep cutting. The question is, are you going to get in now? Or are you going to wait until it's too late? Despite the recent price surges, the mainstream really hasn't caught on. This is a great opportunity. To learn more or to buy now, talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metals Specialist today. Just call one 888 gold 160. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for all that stuff on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, as always, we invite you to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. Always love to hear from you. We'd also appreciate it if you would share the show around, let people know we're out there. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend and a good week ahead.